0: Your skills, regardless of the outcome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. That don't look good. Oh, uh-oh. What did you do? Uh-oh. My entire life. Are you sure?
1: Mm, with that accent, <laughs> your entire life, what did you see? The Where do you think all those soldiers were marching to, lady?
0: <laughs> what are you going to do? you could live to see the world we You ain't gonna kill this old lady. Come on now. Come on now. You ain't gonna do that. Oh, no! Hey, yo! Hey, yo! She, oh, man. She's a prune. She got prunes. She's
1: gonna do something bad. She's gonna call the cops and some kids in her front yard. Like, I know
0: they're up to <laughs> no good. Bring oh, your Oh, my guns. God. She's, like, dried oh. out. She got, like, <laughs> dried out. Yo, Arthur Harrow is a—he's a freak. She she
1: should have stopped driving me maybe way earlier and then just started plowing through a schoolyard or something like that.
0: Who knew? We, who we, knows how we, many people she avoided she's some run over. real
1: bad shit, <laughs> <laughs> or will. Or will. Can't we definitely her. dodged a bullet with that With that one. Phew, thanks, oh, Arthur. man, oh, man. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. Moon Knight, Episode 1, proves that even Golden Girls can have their worst days ahead of them. <laughs> but unlike <laughs> cult leaders, MT and I have been suckered into following, Arthur Harrow's got the true Egyptian demon powers to back up the Kool-Aid. God, God I'm mean- it! <laughs> <laughs> we found it! I think? I think we found it. We went up
0: to God, God damn it. it. God, damn it! We got it. We 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 got past the it. sensor. Damn it!
1: <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's new Rockstars after show for Marvel's Moon Knight on Disney Plus. I'm Eric Voss. I'm here with MT.
0: Dude, uh, I think that old lady might need some uh, medical assistance. She's not looking too good. Oh, you think? Uh, yeah. Uh-uh. She's uh, looking a lot more uh, drier than she first appeared. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: losing a bit of color, looking like uh, you know, WandaVision episode one, a little bit.
0: Oh, there. for sure. It's
1: Black and white. Just also, away, the Wandavision
0: finale with uh, those witches when they when they got uh, sucked uh-huh. out. Um, or
1: but or no, how about a, a, the a Vision's finale in Infinity War? Kind of kind of gray. <laughs> gray and dead.
0: I think that's the best one there. Yeah, 100. She's 100 dead there.
1: General thoughts for this first episode, MT. What was what was your feelings coming out of this,
0: dude? Like it was uh, obviously like uh, it's a little bit of a slow start because like we don't see Moon Knight straight out the gate. But the ending of this episode. Uh-huh. Gave me so many goosebumps that I had to rewatch it over and over again because, like, this is the best. One of the best intros to a Marvel hero that we've ever gotten, in my opinion. Like, th- my god, like so badass. But what do you think?
1: Some of the best character development I think we've oh, ever yes. seen in the MCU. Some of the best acting we've ever seen in the MCU from from Oscar Isaac. Good yes. lord, amazing. My god, here and and I love the fact that we start with Ethan Hawke, starting with this creepy cult villain mm-hmm. from the get go. One of my favorite introductions to a different side of the world. Uh, there's so much mystery. Uh, right. The the more you dig back into this episode, you realize, wait, there's, There's so much to question, right? (laughs) Uh, so many loose ends, so many little sub-mysteries that pop up. We're going to talk about all of them in this episode uh, in our first of this Moon Knight After Show series. So let's dig into it. This first episode introduces us to Ethan Hawke as the cult leader, Arthur Harrow, jamming out to some Bob Dylan Christ rock (laughs) while lining his sandals with broken glass. This Uh, guy's the real deal. Never brings it up. So
0: gruesome so gruesome yeah I, I, I never, even so winces.
1: Hard. never even winces uh now it's fascinating that we start with this guy especially the fact that he's arthur harrow uh really um a nobody villain from yeah. the Moon Knight comics it's made us all think that he might be revealed to be someone else he might have some kind of additional identity mm. uh, revealed later on or he just might not be exactly the name arthur harrow we'll find out but uh oscar isaac We begin with him playing the awkward, bumbling Stephen Grant, a British loser who thinks (laughs) he has a sleepwalking problem. Uh, And uh, he's really an ancient history nerd. He he calls his mom on the phone. We Mm. don't hear the mom talking, though, so who knows if there is anyone on the other end there. He's got a fish Mm. Gus um, with just one fin, like Nemo. I love how they call that out later in the episode. Um, he's nodding off to sleep, obviously has some kind of sleep condition, but he works in a London museum gift shop with, uh, the bully Donna, who's just all over the
0: worst, literally the worst. Like, come on, Donna, like give him a break. Come on. Come on, Donna, (sighs) uh, the the
1: security guard who won't remember his name, but he's, uh, he's making some connections with some other employees. He's got Mm. a date set up. He's Mm. a vegan, but I mean, he's still Oscar Isaac at at the end of the day. (laughs) <laughs> at the end of the day the guy doesn't even need to open his mouth exactly just get get a shot of uh duke leto atreides from that side angle mm-hmm. leaning back in the, like seat. the, corpse. <laughs> the that's, corpse that's that's all i need
0: don't even gotta when be alive MT
1: and Voss real reveal themselves as necrophiliacs.
0: <laughs> was bound to happen to it was bound to happen, to happen.
1: He, he talks to uh a uh, uh, Gold painted street performer. It's apparently mm. his best friend. Uh, he straps his leg at night to try to stay awake, but then he wakes up face down in the Alps, running from gunmen, trying to recover a golden scarab artifact with Egyptian hieroglyphics that he stole from them from one of their castles that are all over the Alps. Uh, and then Stephen uh, runs down to the village where he sees Arthur Harrow uh, with a gathering of his cult. Uh, performing this creepy judgment ritual using the tattoo of emmet scales to judge their past present and future morality this old woman fails the test Oops. gets her life force sucked out whoops this leads to a of an epic chase steven going in and out of consciousness where he wakes up, like, brutally savaging his pursuers. Yeah,
0: killed a couple uh, of Taking
1: people. them out with logs all from behind the wheel of a cupcake delivery truck. <laughs> exciting, <laughs> exciting sequence here. Taking a uh, cue
0: from a WandaVision, just, uh, just completely just, just <laughs> demolishing things in a truck. Um like she like uh, what's her face? Darcy little yeah, oh, for a- sure. Word. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. Um he wakes up from this mountain road thinking it was all a dream, but then he just notices these little glitches in the matrix. Like mm. the fish's fin has grown back. Several days have passed, causing him to miss the date. Um he orders his steak medium well, which or no, just well done, right? Which is just painful <laughs> to see. Order a fillet. Well done. I just I can't handle that.
0: Listen, that man. Just, I always order my meat well done. I'm one of those people. Empty. I now always get do it. it. I, I have to make sure all the bacteria is <laughs> dead, Eric. I have to make you're sure the bacteria.
1: is <laughs> Just promise me if you order a, a well done steak, just get make it like a, a New York strip. Don't get a ribeye. You okay. know, don't don't go for <laughs> the, the nicer cuts because you're just not getting. You're not going to fully appreciate it. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, you're right, well, you're right. I'll, I'll give it a try. No, you don't have to
1: change what you do anyway. This is just me projecting my opinions on the way you want to eat your food. Don't listen to me. This is just how I react. Anyway, I um, did uh, it raw. I would just bite a cow if I could. Um, but they, they bite back. Mid-boo. They, they would bite me back. They have. And they will again, according to him. Um um but then okay so he also realizes in his home there's this uh crawl space he finds this burner phone uh it's got Layla's number on it Layla calls him Mark he's like who the hell is Mark Mark starts talking to him in the mirror then he starts getting stalked by the ghostly Conchu. it freaks him out Harrow drags him down to the museum lectures him about Emmett's power how pff, if only Emmett if only Emmett were around we could have stopped Hitler mm-hmm. we could have stopped Pol Pot we could have stopped the Armenian genocide what was
0: Emmett doing um, honestly
1: yeah Why, where, where was Amet? Where was Amet then? Um, And uh, he tries to actually judge Mark, but the scales never balance, which I Mm. thought was super interesting. and then later that night, uh, the demonic jackal chases Mark through the museum into the bathroom where Steven listens to his alter ego, Mark, in the mirrors. I love the, the cinematography of the mirrors. Yes. The different reflections that were either appearing in the mirrors or suddenly reflections disappearing from the mirrors. Things that were happening in real life but not in the mirror reflection. It's mm-hmm. a lot of great direction there. Yes. And then uh, Steven surrenders to the warrior of Moon Knight, who beats that jackal so savagely. That a bunch of white people and stand-up comedians are gonna demand Oscar give up his Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work it in.
0: I had to work it oh in. Oh my god, that jackal shouldn't have said that shit, Eric. He shouldn't have said it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he shouldn't have, he should have kept it out of his effing mouth. Anyway, the question we're gonna talk about here: how exactly Arthur Harrow's powers work? Uh, the powers of Emmett. Does this mean that Emmett can see into the future for all of us mm. and has powers over our destiny? Or is this whole judgment of people's souls, is it all bullshit at the end of the day?
0: How That's much of what so we're seeing is really it. real? Can you gaze
1: into the future? <laughs> it's a future. He can see anything. <laughs> Those crocodiles are just blinking and doing the raven. <laughs>
0: it's like, open. oh my yeah. God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need raven on this show. Seriously, what let's just get raven on rope theory. right now. She... Raven just grabs our wrist and it sucks our life out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry you can't be here to see the world we create. (laughs) My God. One of the best ways you can support us here at New Rockstars is by grabbing some merch over at NewRockstarsMerch.com. They have the brand new Moon Knight Latest Obsession shirt tomb of the moon god it's a cool shirt design and when you buy it you're gonna get the chance to pay for a shout out that will run during the upcoming inside marvel episodes now we don't have those shout outs yet because um you know you haven't bought the shirts yet you haven't done it yet but once you do it next week you're gonna see all kinds of crazy shit that people right here mt and i are gonna shout out a couple of them respond to you answer your questions shut down your theories or say (laughs) that's a great idea you will get MT's judgment yes. here right now, but just
0: pure bald nation judgment right here. Just <laughs> bring in your questions on the latest obsession shirt immediately.
1: Yeah, we'll have a, a tattoo on our arms of just two different MT heads back to yeah. back, nails in the mouth. that's
0: the first tattoo I'll get. It's gonna be just me <laughs> judging others, and
1: the last tattoo. It's the only tattoo. <laughs> I've ever- Anyway, head on over to NewRockStarsMerch.com. Check out that latest Possession shirt and all the other great Moon Knight items like this. This hoodie's Yes. It's a great, Love that great hoodie, hoodie
0: on you, bro. Looking good.
1: MT, what's our first question coming out of this episode of Moon Knight?
0: Eric, it's, it's the main question here, I feel. How the hell do the powers of Arthur Harrow and Amit even work?
1: Yeah, really the most curious part of this premiere was the whole judgment of Amit ritual Mm. that uh, Arthur Harrow places on his cult followers. Um, He balances the cane on their palms. And that cane, Mm. by the way, is topped with the back-to-back crocodile heads. Crocodiles being the head of Amit, the Egyptian mythological demon beast who devours the souls. Who are judged by Anubis to be unworthy? Ammit has the head of a crocodile, the front body of a lion, uh, the front body of a lion, and the hindquarters of a hippo.
0: Mm. Mm. <laughs> thick. <got laughs> Too thick, Ammit God dang.
1: You hate to see Ammit come, but you love to watch it. <laughs> Is this disrespectful? I think it might be disrespectful. I don't know. This is an ancient know. pagan religion. Is anyone really uh, worshiping? I don't know. I'll, I'll, this is a compliment,
0: if anything. I would never smack it's a it's god a if they appeared in front of me. That would be nice. And
1: you know what? No one worships Ammit. They fear Ammit. Exactly. Ammit is like the beast. It's not like <laughs> one of the gods in the Ennead. Uh, anyway, um, but the Kang, uh, the Kang. We're getting the Kang. We're not there
0: yet. <laughs> not yet. But uh, we're getting the it soon.
1: Cane. The cane swings back and forth like a pendulum between the judge person and Harrow. I just love the blocking of all this, by the way. I love it when just like little simple things can just be like maneuvered that way. And it just Mm -hmm. feels so like ancient and, and... like you can imagine, all these people being like, "Yes, do it, chanting." Um, but um, while this, while the cane swings, the arm tattoo activates. The tattoo shows the double crockheads holding scales in their mouths. Now, MC, I found this really interesting because in Egyptian mythology, it is not Amet who does the judging; it's Anubis. Ooh. Anubis holds the scales, weighing Ooh. your heart against the weight of a feather. Mm. And if the if your heart weighs more than the feather, then you go and to Ammit. You're going to hell. <laughs> <going> <laughs> uh, yeah. But the fact that Amet now holds the scales in her mouth reflects how the eyes, in the eyes of Harrow and his followers, Amet deserves to be the sole judge and jury and executioner, take Anubis out of the process. Uh, because this way, you don't have to wait for the sinful to commit their sins. You can, kind of like in Minority Report, stop the criminals in their tracks before they get to harm in others, mm. uh, before that old lady gets to uh, dr- plow on her Buick through the playground. Okay. Now Now... Uh, the tattoo seesaws until it bounces out and turns green for a worthy soul, or it tips to one side and turns red for uh, our dear old unworthy grandmother. Her soul sucked out. And when Stephen got a glimpse of her, yeah, she looked like a lifeless gray corpse, kind of like someone halfway through a sip from the wrong Holy Grail. Mm. Like, <laughs> she chose poorly. Uh, or will choose poorly. Mm. Now, um... We actually see uh, Harrow's tattoo moving both in the Alps and in the London Museum. So it's not just like in the possible dream reality, it's in what is presented as objective reality. Safe to assume that Harrow's powers are real, at least... As real as anything from Steven's perspective at the moment, which is something we should absolutely question as we move ahead. Um, We'll get to that question. But the episode also opens from the objective point of view, showing Arthur putting the broken glass in his sandals, broken glass that he walks around upon for every step, which I just think was this episode's way of proving to us that Harrow is the real deal. He's not just a showman. Like, he's not a snake oil, uh, uh, Mysterio-type trickster he has some kind of real power yeah because uh, he like he's not bleeding strength. at all
0: like not at all he's
1: not now it could just be the guy's got thick 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 skin feet or he's, uh, <laughs>
0: calluses just all foot calluses. he's got
1: he's got what peter jackson had the hobbit actors wear <laughs> just like uh foot foot shoes oh
0: know? yeah like uh, that like, like captain left. america one like chris evans has to run around in those little fake <laughs> shoes <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, he's got to hold of some of those and then uh, but it's only for us to make it to t- trick us I don't think so I think the idea is that this guy's got some real powers to him um now, uh, one thing I want to point out, MT, is that this is one of many recent examples of MCU characters running afoul of some cosmic legal system that they previously didn't know existed. Remember, Loki and Sylvie were similarly prosecuted for future violations of destinies that they didn't oh, know so was scripted out for them by the TVA. And he remains, aka Kang. Doctor Strange is getting dragged before some mysterious judicial body akin to Marvel's Illuminati characters in What If? were judged by the Watcher for the mistakes that they made, or in some cases given second chances, lighter sentences. Cersei and the other Eternals are facing the judgment of Erishim the Judge, based on some other cryptic divine code. I just think there's a reason so many of the MCU titles are pointing in this godly, legal direction. They're obviously linked, at least thematically, and perhaps there's some kind of cosmic accords scripted by some panel of VIPs that we'll learn about a lot more soon. Specifically, I think there could be a link between Amet and King uh, Pharaoh Ramatut, aka Kang, which I plan to explore more in an upcoming video. But for Ammit to arrive at a final judgment for anyone means that Emmet is in agreement with he who remains in Loki that people's future decisions are pre-scripted out for them and that nothing we do can change that destiny. However, Ammit was unable to judge Stephen Grant, which is probably because he has multiple identities inside of his subconscious. Mm. And each of those identities might have different destinies. That could make Stephen's very existence in violation of uh, of a code prescribed by Emmett and he who remains. And that Stephen could exist as a kind of multiversal, dare I say, nexus be mm-hmm. in this reality. One who fits in better with a multiverse of possibilities. Mm. But really, the question I have, MT, is this the case because Mark slash Steven have dissociative identity disorder or is this because Kanshu is possessing them? Is the show saying that these two are the same thing? would that uh, uncertain judgment happen for anyone who had DID?
0: Hmm. I think that, you know, when you know we, when we see Harrow and Mark having this, com- or I should say Steve, having their conversation in the museum, he says that um, Steve has chaos inside of him. And like, I made a video about this in the past, but I really do feel like chaos magic or chaos energy is a factor in this show. It's going to be a huge factor um, moving forward. And I think that because of this chaos magic, in um, this chaos energy, it's able to flip Mark's brain into having two separate identities. So like, because like you said, um, he has these two identities. The the tattoo is like, hmm, I can't really make a judgment on these two people. I'm only one tattoo. You're going to have to make another tattoo for two people, baby. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was very confused. So yeah, I feel like this. it's more than just a, 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 a your normal DID type of situation. I think this is like a, a cosmic sort of like influenced DID type of situation um, that could be um, happening here. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't want to speak out of turn in describing yeah. the, the symptoms and the nature of dissociative identity disorder, right. which is a real dis- disorder. They used to be called uh, split personalities or multiple personality disorder. The technical term now is dissociative identity disorder because it's not like your brain is split or broken necessarily. It's just that you disassociate in and out of different... Uh, identities in different forms that exist in your subconscious, uh, and that each of them have specific characteristics, specific ways ways of talking. They've done a lot of research in the show, apparently, to uh, to talk to mental health experts and how this actually works. And you can tell Oscar Isaac has really done the homework. Oh, um, sure. But the thing is, is I think the show definitely needs to answer that question uh, because I, I think the answer needs to be that Kancho has uh, has cursed Mark in a specific way that is right. unique. And that we aren't uh, making a, a sweeping statement about everyone suffering from dissociative identity disorder. I think Arthur Harrow was so surprised to see the scales not reach a conclusion that that must mean that Mark is a unique case, that uh, Khonshu's possession of Mark is, is what caused his uh, condition. But we, we don't really know if he had this before or not. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, but I, I think the, the conclusion that we should draw here, for now at least, is that uh, Amit has real power. Uh, Yes. This is an example of another god that exists in the MCU uh, in the same way that, um, you know, the Thor movies established that the Norse gods are actually real gods that exist in the cosmos, that the legends that we heard throughout mankind and, and human history were based on real people. The Eternals made the same kind of thesis statement, right? That... Uh, Characters like Icarus and Athena, you know, are all based on real people that existed uh, or real beings that existed. So I think the idea is that in the MCU, we're going to learn that every being of mythology had some kind of root in some uh, super heroic figure from history or someone with real power. Um, And uh, I like the idea that we're going to meet all the gods at some point. I mean, I don't think they'll ever cross that uh, road and say that Jesus Christ is
0: a god who's based on some superhero You don't think we're going to see Jesus in Thor 4? You don't think that's going to happen? Jesus versus Gore? I mean
1: I Maybe maybe they'll link something like uh, 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 Adam Warlock As like a Christ figure or right, something like that Like all oh, your legends of a, Jesus a Is actually Adam Warlock <laughs> And then everyone will get pissed off People will lose their minds New churches I mean, will really, be built I think, Eric Oh yeah I think the closest they'll get to be honest is mephisto like I think the the Christian devil will realize is actually based on stories about this godly demon figure mephisto um but yeah I think the idea is that like Emmett's powers are real insofar as anything we are seeing is real uh, mm. again I think all of what we're seeing in either of the realities that uh, that Stephen slash mark are bouncing in and out of I I I don't know if we can trust any of it yet. In the same way that, like, they, they describe this as Fight Club, which is, like, famously a story that, you know, the reality presented to you is actually uh, through an unreliable narrator. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think we need to be definitely on, uh, on the lookout here for some red flags where things that are presented to us as just normal baseline reality might
0: And, like, be you know, baseline. like, something really fishy happened at the end of the first episode where, like, um when when steve i keep wanting to call him mark he's not mark he's steve when steve gets off the bus he sees Arrow, a harrow on the bus like well, as the bus drives away so like is harrow even real like is that just in his mind like what the heck was that about like why didn't harrow that, like, that's
1: that's weird and like uh we don't really know how steven got on that bus because he wakes yeah. up already on the bus was he stalking harrow was harrow stalking him were they in the same? Because it looked like a, um, a connecting bus with like different parts to right. it. Did Harrow not see? Did Harrow not know that Mark was or Stephen was on the bus until Stephen got off to look at him? Like I think it was presented to us in that moment as like Stephen's kind of losing his mind that things that were part of his dream are actually part of his world and that Harrow is as much of a specter as a uh, Mark specter or as much as a <laughs> specter as uh, as Conchu is.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, Kanchu. He's, he's just lurking trip. about by, like a creep in <laughs> this episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. So tall. So
1: creepy, right? <laughs> I love the design of Conchu. Like, yes. Another thing that they just pulled directly from the pages of the comics that just looks so good.
0: I never like, thought that I would be as creeped out by Kanchu in real life, but like, it just makes sense. He's just a really creepy looking dude, and like, it's just bones. The
1: movement. The yes. movement, the way he, like, lurches forward, like, those long steps. look like, get the f*** out of here, Steve. The, <laughs> the, the, the weird the weird wisps of uh, things that are just floating behind yeah. him. Like, his hair, he's got this weird cobwebby hair that just pokes mm-hmm. out. Like, the little details that bring Conch to life, incredible. Incredible. Well, there's a lot more to talk about from Moon Knight, but first we wanna thank some people who helped us make this episode. Thanks to our friends Geology for sponsoring this episode. Moon Knight has had it bad. Between insomnia and late night fights, there's no sleep. Get this man some eye cream and skincare routine. He's not alone. 50% of the guys suffer from under eye issues like the dark under eye circles, puffiness, tired eyes, fine lines, wrinkles. This is where Geology comes in. Skincare shouldn't feel like a gamble. All Geology's products are made with scientifically proven ingredients trusted by dermatologists and cosmetic chemists. Start with a complete trial set, a 30-day supply of face wash, vital morning face cream, repairing night cream, and nourishing eye cream. Includes two bottles of face wash, one for the sink and one for the shower or to take with you to the gym. The part we like about Geology is they do the hard work of finding the right products for you and just have you get to use them. Their mantra is, Make Handsome a Habit, which is way better than saying, Make Tired Eyes a Habit. Make Handsome a Habit. So head on over to geology.com and take their free skincare quiz to save up to 50% off your first 30 days trial, or just click the link in the description, that's G-E-O-L-O-G-I-E.com, or click the link below to save 50% off on your 30-day trial. And speaking of sleep... You might lose some shut-eye due to the crime-fighting, but you don't want to miss out on rest because of a bad mattress. That's why we love our Helix mattresses. Yes, so
0: much. <laughs> Helix
1: Sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleep. The Helix Plus mattress uh, is the
0: best. I sleep on that every night is the best.
1: Yeah, (laughs) MT loves his. I got a Helix mattress. I love mine. It feels like MT and I are sleeping on the same mattress, connected through some kind of cosmic rift, and we're all just... Drifting off to slum.
0: When we sleep, we, we can connect our dreams together via the, the Helix Wi-Fi. It's the best. <laughs> uh, we do.
1: So, you know, when I have my Event Horizon horror dreams, I drag MT into hell with me. Yes. We both have barbed wire wrapped around our faces. Uh, that's <laughs> Thanks, literally Helix. the recurring dream I've had for the past few days. Oh, it's awful. No, really? Oh, but, God. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but MT, when we uh, get the right kind of sleep on a Helix mattress... Those dreams don't last very long, and we wake up feeling great, so it's all worth it. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, to you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you're going to love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel. All right, MT, back to Moon Knight. What's our next question? Well,
0: Eric, did Khonshu cause Mark's dissociative identity disorder, or did he have DID before meeting Khonshu? Yeah, so
1: that's an interesting question. I think the show really needs to answer. It, in the comics, it really goes back and forth, because initially in the 80s, Moon Knight was not at all described as someone with dissociative identity oh, yeah. disorder or schizophrenia or anything. Uh, people didn't even use the term dissociative identity disorder back then. They called it like split personality disorder or just like more offensive things to describe people going through issues. Um, really, Moon Knight was just uh, presented as a Batman-style vigilante with lots of alter egos. Mm. Uh, nothing more to it. But uh, in later comics, they started to explore the mental health side of this. And in, um, in Warren Ellis' run in the comics in 2014, um, uh, at first, Mark Spector thinks he might have DID, but it's stated that that is not the case. Khonshu is just a real entity living inside of Mark's head, and outsiders see this and diagnose it as DID, but all of Mark's alter egos are really defined as machinations of Khonshu, and then in the 2016 run of the comics, it suggests that Mark actually had DID or schizophrenia or something when he was a kid, and that all those identities were also created by Khonshu, who had who was around him when he was a kid, and um, but uh, maybe Khonshu was presented as being unstuck from time and just a forever yeah. demon in Mark's destined timeline. Or maybe that, that that could have been a false projected memory by Khonshu in Mark's adult presence. Um, when he thinks back on those memories he thinks back on Shu being there alongside him we just don't really know but either way they purposely
0: have made it very like ambiguous throughout time as to like what's going on with Mark just so like whoever has the reins to who was writing Moon Knight at the time can just write whatever they want and just be as creative with the character as they want so right
1: Exactly. Um, and in the comics, they always infuse Mark's issues with Khonshu's possession so that the the two are really both owned as both a superpower and a curse, just an experience that Mark is going through. It just remains to be seen if this series is going to say Mark Spector previously had dissociative identity disorder before ever meeting Conshu, and if so, what traumatic event in his younger days might have caused that? Or if Khonshu possessing him is what caused the DID, and if so, does that mean Khonshu causes every avatar he's possessed in the past or in the future to also have DID? Or just Mark is a different, unique avatar who reacts this way to Khonshu possessing him? And if so, why that's the case? Um, I, I really think at the end of the day, Khonshu possessing Mark could certainly be traumatic enough to result in DID in Mark. And we don't really know why trauma causes certain people to react by having this issue of, of dissociative identity disorder. Um, but I think we need to know if Mark was unique in that side effect uh, and and what particularly about Mark's past causes that, um, or if this is just something that Khonshu does to everyone. What do you think, MT? Are they gonna stay uh, nebulous about this or are they gonna try to answer some of those questions? I think people I, might have some negative reactions here.
0: I think that, you know, if if they do address the the whole issue or the how you know the, the the origins of um Steve's did i think that they'll have to be very very obviously very tactful and like approach it very like smartly um but i i you know i think that they they might have to honestly during this series because like they are tackling such a huge topic and like this is the first hero um I mean the first like major hero I guess that has really a mental illness I mean we do have WandaVision and like Wanda struggling with uh depression and all that but like this is like a you know DID like this is the first type of hero that we're getting um like this so like I just feel like at some point during this season we're gonna get a brain scan type of moment where like he's gonna be in a hospital and be like all right this is what's going on like this is where his DID or like or or he's always had DID, or like this is where it's coming from, or or something. But yeah, I think that there we'll get some type of answer there. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, I I think um, it's it's tough. It's definitely a hard question to answer because you don't want you know dummies watching the show thinking that oh someone has DID between this and that James McAvoy movie split that mm-hmm. means you could be a super one of your identities could be a superhero. Mm-hmm. So hey, wake up in there. Is there a superhero hiding there? You should yeah. surrender control to them because I want to hang out with them instead of with you. Like. You don't want that to be the case. Yeah. You want like <laughs> this to educate people about dissociative identity disorder. Um, sure. But I think they just need to make it clear that Mark's superhero nature comes from Conchu. Um Dissociative identity disorder is a psychological side effect from that. Um, but it's not like you having DID is a kind of superhero thing. It, it just makes it harder to also be a superhero then. Because when you're in these situations, it, you don't know who's at the wheel in that moment. And you it's you got to have that person make the decision to surrender control to one of the other identities so that that identity can be the superhero. This isn't meant to be like a fun wish fulfillment thing. This is like a a curse story and how the challenges of having to walk every day with that curse. Um, So as as unfun as watching someone be a superhero can be, because I got to tell you, it's it's pretty fun. (laughs) <laughs> to watch Moon Knight beat the shit out of a jackal in a bathroom. Yeah, Moon Knight's a uh, pretty fun on.
0: superhero to watch, gotta say.
1: Yeah, but not one I would want to be at the end of the day.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, definitely not. Um, For sure.
1: I mean, Hulk seems a bit more fun. Uh, Or like, you know, could be Tony Stark, just fly around in a cool iron suit.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't want to be either, I, I don't want to be Moon Knight or Vision. Those are the two I would not want to be. Um, in the MCU, which yeah. is mainly Vision, mostly, but not Vision. Vision just dies.
1: That'd be tough. <laughs> I mean, that's something that I hope we explore more in the MCU. Is the, how, how being a superhero isn't witch fulfillment. It kind of sucks. Yes. Uh, like, it's hard to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want that life. Yeah. Um, so, I love those kind of stories in the MCU.
0: And I hope that they actually get into that in Miss Marvel, the show that's coming up, because like it's she's we have this girl that's glorifying superheroes, but like it's not all great, and like it's actually quite shitty as we see it from the audience perspective, perspective from like events like Civil War. It's not fun all the time. Uh, so yeah, I do like that. And
1: it's and hopefully a theme I think definitely will be uh, pursued and explored in Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm. Like that's going to be a huge choice for Jane Foster, someone who's going through cancer treatments. Right. She could power up with Mjolnir to become Lady Thor, but in the Jason Aaron comics, that resets her chemo every time she does that, so she's back to square one. And she's like, "Well, I can escape and be a superhero, or I can actually deal with my problems right now." Fascinating debate to have with oneself that I hope this movie
0: leans into. Like, I, I love how like the Marvel Studios is like showing us like different heroes like that, like heroes with cancer, heroes with DID, heroes with uh, deaf heroes. Like, we need more variety like that, and so I hope. The MCU moves forward, um, telling more stories like that.
1: Yeah. And blind heroes as well now Daredevil. Absolutely Daredevil. Fascinating story, right? Mm. Um, Anyway, uh, let's talk about this golden scarab, MT. Mm. What do you think is the, this is clearly the MacGuffin of the story right now. This is our Ark of the Covenant. Uh, What is the significance, do you think, of this scarab?
0: Um, well, uh, I, I, Kevin Feige texted me earlier and he told me that, um, (laughs) there's something about the cave of wonders and a diamond in the rough. Um, something, something about that, Uh, something about Aladdin. I think Aladdin's going to come, just kidding. No, um, that's all I can think of when I saw the scarab. Like this is Aladdin. This is straight up. Wait, you're just (laughs) kidding. Uh, but no, I think that this scarab is going to be like the, the huge, uh, obviously, like, like you said, the huge MacGuffin of the series and it might just be, um, what you know, Arthur needs to fulfill his, his huge mission. And then, like obviously, they wanted enough to to kill um, to kill Moon Knight. And so, I think that this is just going to be um, some type of artifact that ha- might help him get somewhere, or like might help, like might be a key of some sort. Like it might open up and like actually be like a key. maybe it's a locket. Who knows? Um, but like it's it's definitely helping him reach Amit it's just to some capacity I don't know well, what do you think
1: yeah I think and I'm only basing this on trailer footage where you see a shot of uh, Arthur Harrow in the desert with the scarab hovering over his hand oh that's and right and kind of pointing yeah you know so I I kind of feel like it's got to be a compass leading to somewhere mm. some ancient tomb mm. some ruins that Arthur the Harrow compass. wants to get to maybe the golden I compass I mean knowing that he wants to he mentioned wanting to unleash her or bring back Amit to resurrect her like Oh, brave of you for subjecting yourself to Ammit's judgment before Ammit comes back, before right. is here. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think they want to bring back or resurrect Ammit or unleash the beast in the world. Unleash the you know? beast. So They're going to try to find where Ammit is trapped and then un- uncork that, I,
0: mm. I guess, to use the lost term. Sort of um, like a Dweller of Darkness style. It's like, find out, just release Yeah, them. everyone's trying to <laughs>
1: unleash these beasts. Why not just keep the beasts in the cave?
0: Seriously, Why? they were fine in the cave. Beasts. All those for millennia. We're trying to crate
1: train these beasts. Let them just sleep <laughs> the night in the crate and view it as their little home. Exactly. Jesus Christ. They like their crate. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, all right, final question, MT. And this is really the biggest question I think we're going to have in this series. How much of what we are seeing is real? How much, is this all a dream? Is this all a fantasy, a delusion inside someone's head?
0: Mm, I think that, for the most part, I think what we're seeing is real. I think, like, like during that elevator sequence, when, like, that woman turned into Kanchu, that wasn't real. But, like, you know, like, it seems that he's legit. Because, like, w- at the end of this episode, we see the jackal attack him. But, like, the jackal's actually... Interacting with the environment and like hitting things around and like it seems that things actually happen there. Like, I don't think that Mark is like imagining that jackal. I think that jackal is actually there. So like I think it's a mix of mostly reality, magic reality, but like some kind of like, all right, I'm kind of seeing things. But what do you think?
1: See, I don't know. I'd have to re-watch <laughs> it and I will for the breakdown. But mm. like the it doesn't look like the jackal is really interacting. Like, I don't know if we see obviously it's a CGI jackal anyway. But like, I think they shoot it in a specific way where Mark pulls down the the shelves in front of it and it jumps mm. over it. It it definitely climbs on stuff.
0: True. But
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's actually ripping stuff down. And the camera cuts away from the bathroom and then we cut back in and see all the the sinks smashed. But like Mark himself could have smashed those. Yeah, yo, yo, like um, that
0: bathroom was messed I, up. Oh, what is Mark going to say after that? What is Steve gonna up? say? <laughs>
1: Who knows? Um, To me, you mentioned the elevator sequence. That's what I'm hung up on. This elevator is going up and down the building in chaotic ways. He was hitting ground floor, and then it goes down to the third, opens up, no one summoned it, down to the second, uh, Conchu's at the end of the hallway. If Konsu is supposed to be like a stand-in for that old woman, she was at the other end of that hallway. Who summoned this elevator for it to stop on the second floor and then it goes back up to the fifth floor? Mm-hmm. No one if it was a down-oriented elevator, you know if you get on an elevator that is headed down, even if you press the button for the fifth floor, it's gonna go down to the ground floor first before it goes mm-hmm. back da- up. Now, yeah, maybe there's just faulty wiring in this elevator, sure. But, like, it was working otherwise to get to where it needed to go. There's just all kinds of, like, faulty logic. I also think, like, when when Mark was flipping through the pages researching the Ennead, the way the Ennead was listed and the people listed as being among the Ennead is not correct. And if Mark is supposed to be an expert in Egyptian mythology, like, maybe there are other interpretations of Egyptian mythology, and I'm not as well-versed on it. But it seems like even the textbook that Mark... Uh, or that Steven had used to say this is who and who isn't supposed to be listed on the INEAD. Like even that seemed to be wrong, seemed Mm. to be like faulty. It's like someone who um, has that kind of like, uh, who are these people who like, who think that they're experts based off of reading like a Wikipedia article on something (laughs) or or watching one YouTube video on it. And so they'll go to their trivia night with their friends and be like, actually I do know on this, but they had that false sense of expertise Uh, And realistically, they don't have any degrees or any actual expertise in this stuff. But like in their own mind's eye, they view themselves as these experts on these things just because they've done a little bit of homework on it. Uh, Is that who we're seeing now with with Stephen Grant? Is he actually uh, a true nerd, a, a true expert I mean look at this this show is forcing us to like ask a question of what makes
0: someone's expertise true
1: and is someone a real nerd it's like asking us to question who the gatekeepers are and who gatekeeps the gatekeepers empty.
0: No <laughs> no but no like this is this all is like really interesting because like it makes me think like what if humanity because of like whoever's in charge of the Enid or Eniad I don't know how to say it um, how do you say it? An-Iniad? In- 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 Aniad,
1: in- I think. Aniad. In-
0: yeah, so, like, what if whoever's in charge of the Aniad in- is feeding people, like, you're right, here's the true Aniad, in- after, like, um, I don't know, some, some fallout happened between the gods, and, like, two gods got kicked out, and so, like, everyone except for Mark, who has Conchu in his head, believes that there are seven. So, like, I'm wondering oh, if something wow. happened. Wow,
1: there's, like, some kind of mass gaslighting. It's yeah. either Sprite going in there, like, changing, like, <laughs> uh, Ministry of Truthing everything so that everything prints out exactly. in a different way. Or it's, like, Runes of Cough Calling all of society exactly. so that we all forget who really is on the Inead. Exactly. Whoa, MT, you just blew my mind right now. <laughs> that I would mean, be wild. I What I love about the show is it's presenting to us like an uncertainty of time and an uncertainty of reality. Like Mark has no idea how much time has passed. I keep saying Mark, but Steven has no idea how much time has passed over the weekend. Man, you know, someone's going to turn that into a meme of like, "Sir, it's Sunday. Oh no, (laughs) no, no. No, it can't be Sunday. No Sunday. Sunday.
0: Oh no. I was supposed Um, to get laid today. (laughs) It was on my (laughs) calendar. (laughs)
1: But, like, yeah, I think, uh, like, the fact that Mark or Steven never really knows what day of the week it is, we don't know how much time has passed, but we also don't know what reality, what the basic tenets of reality are right now, whether our fish has a fin that works or not. Like, this show has us questioning all that stuff, so that we're kind of trapped in this unreliable narrator headspace, like we're watching Fight Club, or, like, we're watching Memento, or, like, we're watching Joker. We can't really trust basic things not just stuff that's presented to be fictitious or meant to be fantastical like seeing conchu standing on the side of the street even basic stuff like what you read on the page of a book can we really trust that right now and it's such a delightful place of uncertainty to be in as we plunge into the series Uh, yes i hope i hope everyone can appreciate those little subtleties i love a good uh, mystery question everything in this show um, because I, I think uh, this is the kind of show that's gonna turn everything on its head, episode after episode. And we'll leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. The breakdown is coming out later today. It's exciting. Don't forget, of course, to check out all the great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com, uh, that limited edition, um, latest obsession, Moon Knight Shirt. Really yes. the best way to support this channel. And then write in your shout out. So we'll, uh, we'll react will
0: we react. Um, we wanna read them. We wanna read them so bad.
1: We wanna know. Follow me, EA <laughs> Boss, follow MT, Mastertainment. Uh, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to New Rockstars. Thanks for watching. Later, Gators. Us. Later, us
0: Gators. Later. Later, Gators. Later, Gators. Goodbye, Mom. <laughs> Goodbye, Mom.